All the best freaks are here. All the best freaks are here. Alright, it's all the best weeks here, Radioactive International. Um, this uh, episode edition, I'm going to be playing some of the interviews and chat that I recorded down at the Grand Social the other night. Uh, the night was called The Stars Are On The Ground. Um, so, before that, here is a song from the unreleased Pet Lamb album called High Anxiety. Um, came out in, or didn't come out in 1996. Here's a song called Nightmare on Dame Street. started was I suppose around 89 right um, and there was like two phases of it really you know yeah and so around 93 would have been near the end of the first phase exactly, yeah, yeah kind of um, I remember the record coming out yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and uh, put on gigs and 
we just kind of got a bit. Uh, we, Miriam was involved as well. We were, and we were trying to get a, a venue going in Dublin. And Pat Clafferty was di- was with, with us and Joe Faye from Luggage. And we tried tried a load of different places. And that was around 93, 94. I actually looked in here. Right, well. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and there's one place we, we got was the 13th Note, which then became Gypsy Rose Cafe. And we, our bid was accepted. And we're like, we did business plans for yeah, all this. Yeah, we got yeah. grants uh, approved from FOSS at the time. And, uh, we got gazumped out basically. Sure. So after that, we said for me and just went, you know what, we're just going to leave the country for six months. So we went to Canada, and that's when yeah. hope kind of stopped, which would have been 94, you know. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. so there wouldn't have been too many around that 93 yeah, yeah, time yeah. anyway, you know. London was, I sent a uh, demo tape to my band to react. Okay. And then uh, we were playing somewhere in Dublin, and I, like, this is how naive, how naive can you get? I rang up the number and said, you know, we're playing, and I was talking to you on the phone. All right. And I was like, you know, we're playing. I'm thinking I was inviting this. Uh, okay. This, this Someone in the music business. Guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. And I just, I never forgot that. So okay. Like, well, I hope I was. I hope I was polite to you. You were um, like, uh, I'm busy. <laughs> I'm talking here to Dara McCarthy, who made the the film which the night is named after. Let's see. So you know, uh, how do you, you how do you feel now about like your college project, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was a final year project. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Is constantly gets referenced when people talk about uh, that time. I imagine when you made it at the time, you didn't think people were gonna. Continually reference this as the as the document of the time. Yeah, of course, no. Um, I, 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 it's, I, genuinely, it's really gratifying that people are are are, are still looking, searching it out, looking at it. And well, actually, I suppose in a way, now that I think about it, in a way, the reason they they reference that is because at the time I had thought of calling the film "Don't Call It a Scene," in the sense that it's the death of something to call it a scene yeah, yeah, for yeah, what was going on in the city. But it's, it, it, in a way, it's the only. It, it's it's a kind of a thing that enables it to be. It, it gave a name to the scene. It's one of the only documents at the time. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's. I mean, it was incredibly low budget. It was made yeah. on no budget literally. Yeah. But to make to make something like that now is, is that much, it's much easier for people. To, you know, it's actually much easier for people to make things now. You know, and it was only the, when we were making that we were dealing with what we were dealing with. But so it didn't seem like as much of a struggle as I realised it was. If you know what I mean? In retrospect, it's like it's like well, that was a hard thing to get made actually in the end. You know. Once when the thought while I was watching it is that the, the all of the music that was made was made in like no budget studios yep. and things like. That. But then only a very few of the bands ever made videos because yeah, that yeah. was that was a scene then as the next big hurdle. Sure. You know, how do we get out of? Uh, rooms into people's people's rooms you know? sure and uh, that was still very close up well I, I, I suppose in a way pre no disco well it, exactly yeah um, uh, the funny thing is there was only about three of us making videos at the time so I made a lot of the videos of the time a lot yeah. of them that are in the film and I, start, I, I made the videos before I made that's how I came around to making the film because yeah, I yeah, kind of yeah. fell into that scene and knowing the people but it was myself, Michelle Spillane, and then I guess Eamon Cudden would have made a few. For, yeah. for, uh, he, so but, but they were the only people really making those videos. Now there's millions of people making them, you know. But in the end, it was just the three of us, kind of. There was a few other people, like, you know, a few other people. But for the most part, it was just a very small number of people making those videos for the bands. And they were all friends of the bands, or in the bands themselves, you know, or running the labels like Eamon was, you know. Um, I don't know what my point about that is, but it's just a fact. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, so, so are you still making films now? Are you ah, still yeah, in yeah, vision? yeah, 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 yeah. I am. Um, I'm just. I'm just. Just in January, I should have two finished. I'm just. Uh, I have a short kind of animation film with uh, with Harvey Picar uh, using the, the the comics of jo- him and Joe Sacco. Uh, Joe Sacco art. So it was like a, an eight minute short I did with Harvey Picar, and then a documentary I did with the Master Musicians of the Duke about the. But their Brian Jones Festival, they, okay. they hold a, an anniversary festival every year for, in, in commemoration of Brian Jones' one one visit to the village. Uh, so I have those two 
keep coming out in January, you know. So, yeah, I'm still making yeah, I'm still... How can you compare the amount of work that went into that? That worked. The amount of work that went into this film, say. Well, this one, this, the Harvey Picard thing was a bit easier because what I shot for him... Yeah, the, the Harvey Picard thing was much easier, really. You know, I interviewed him and I used that interview and stills from his comic yeah. to put this thing together. It's kind of a crypto-animated or, you know, half-animated kind of... Um, uh, film, but yeah, but yeah, it's, it, the, 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 the stars on the ground was much more time consuming. It took you know a couple of weeks, or, you know, to to, uh, to shoot it, I guess, and then a couple of months of planning, and pro- it took a year and a half to get it cut, you know. So, you know, that's what I mean, like the technology was such a hurdle, sure, yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. But also, it was down to it was down to you know, I mean, I'm not, I, I mean, I could feasibly. I've cut the Harvey thing myself, but I got someone else to do it. But yeah, I mean, yeah, you could do it on a laptop, yeah, now as opposed to, uh, yeah, yeah, get somebody else to do it. But I hope somebody plays the Aton single Westlink, you know. And uh, I thought, no, no one's probably, they're probably not going to play that. And, oh, 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 and oh, well, I said, you know, and I walked in earlier on, so I was putting up some posters for the film up with where all the flyers are and so forth on the, the other gig posters and uh, Paul was setting up the decks and the first thing on the deck was the A-Tone single and oh, that's I was just, just I was just about to say that I guarantee you will play that yeah. and then I said oh, and then he said well, I'm probably going to play it about three times and I'm probably going to ask you to play it about three times and more frequently as the night goes on you know so, so for me um, although it, it, they never for me they never felt like they were kind of really in the in the in the the, the real crux of the scene in a way well, it was as, a little, as a band a little bit later you're a talking 96 yeah. or yeah. so when that came out yeah but I just for me that's one of, I just I think that's Great. an yeah. extraordinary song you know? I, mean, my, I mean my favourite band I have to say are the Pets in that sense I mean they, they were just but the the the, the thing absolutely and then I have to say I get I get I get surprised every time I stumble across Please Don't Give Up On Me by the by Jubilee All Stars it's just as fucking beautiful you know and I actually posted on the on the Facebook uh, for this today I posted the video and I just had to write, just write it's a stone classic really it's just a, it's just such a fucking classic you know yeah, yeah. it's so beautiful you know and, and and I guess also that kind of naivety that they kind of played on and also had in a way is really kind of suits the whole the way the scene was I think you know in a way they didn't give a shit about you know making it whatever that meant and at the same time they, you know they, they wanted to get the music out there sort of open yeah. to the yeah. next step whatever yeah, yeah, that was yeah yeah be. exactly but most importantly it was really just putting the music out there and you know and hanging out as well even though a lot of you know yeah just it was yeah so those two songs really for me are right. the okay you know. good stuff <laughs>
of friends to be asked to play. Uh, I'm fucking delighted that I'm able to still play music and write songs and that maybe on the off chance that somebody might listen. It's great. Thank you, you. And for the night that's in it, so an old um, we're gonna do this. And uh, uh, if you've got like loads of like like really cool delay in the in the chorus, that'd be great. <laughs> make, uh, you know, make it sound good, you know. Um, and of course for the wonderful memories of Derek and Ronald, and this is. Three years in the making. Yeah, yeah. It needed to be let go, you know. 
what's like the most memorable song or your best favorite song from back in those days or what would be a good song for me to play now what do I listen to regularly I suppose I'd still listen to the pets and like where's my pony is probably one of my
uh, talk to you about your uh, yourself. Say, well, what were we talking about? Twenty years ago? Twenty-five uh, years ago? Uh, I don't know. What oh, is yeah. it? Okay, it's a. Uh, it's uh, 1991 when I started playing mu playing music here in Dublin. With with uh, the first the first thing I did when I came to Dublin was find a place to rehearse. Yeah, so I played with Pat Lamb from 1991 until 1996. All right, and that was it. That's it. Bye. Okay, that was that was your then. What, what what's your now? Are you still playing? What, what's the crack? Yeah, well, I just. Recently, I have uh, acquired a position in a band called The Agents of Disaster with Gary Kyo and Gary Showbiz, and it's uh, it's actually just a lot of fun, you know, for me. I, I'm stating my case from now on, there's not going to be no fucking uh, uh, rebellious, uh, anarchic human nature, it's just going to be a bit of crack, and I'm going to play drums, because that's what I do best, it seems. Good, good, good. What's your favourite song from those days that I can play in the show now, if I have it? My my favourite song from the 90s has to be Pincher Martin's Money. Oh yeah, I have that, I can do that. <laughs> I love those. Those guys blew me away because it was the first time I could go to a gig and I couldn't. I didn't have to like feel competitive towards the drummer because he was in a box. And he was my favourite drummer of the 90s. Taking two steps forward and three steps backwards and four steps backwards I wear the smile of a man condemned Taking two steps forward and three steps backwards and more steps backwards Resign myself to the bitter end Eat my meal in silence, smell so good, but it tastes so violence I want more money than I can spend
Schroeder here, who was formerly in Schroeder's Cat back in the 90s. Uh, and I would like to hear uh, Recollector by the Idiots. Oh, perfect. And I think that's probably all you need to play. You probably can leave it at that. You don't need to play any other song. That one will do. Which was really the most important thing back then because people yeah. didn't have the resources to make any any records that were and any good. And the, the recording that so they did make the was, 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 was not bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Brian Mooney laboring on his little task cam eight track, uh, but they were just every time they played, they were so reliable. You know, you'd go yeah. to one of their shows and you'd be transported. It was, it was they were like a, they were like a, a show. They had their show. They were, and they were also what I liked about them at the time, and what I still think is is it's something that I think about quite a bit. Is they didn't talk to people. They didn't engage. They didn't have this hang up about engaging with the audience, which is such a big part of uh, Irish musical culture, you know, they just played their songs as powerfully and intensely as they could, and, uh, and that took you over, and you didn't, you know, I mean, it was great, you know, obviously I know them all now as people, and they're great people, but there wasn't any great need to uh, connect with them as, as people, yeah. you know, uh, there wasn't any kind of, hey, how are you doing tonight, Castle Bar, yeah, 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 yeah. I agree with that, yeah. They just played, and I, that really stood out in my memory of that time, you know. Uh, I, I think there, there are a lot of people who weren't, you know, were too young to have seen them, are picking up on them. They're, are like, they, yeah. they're like, seem to be, well, that's part I of read about it online, you know, yeah, yeah. Well, like one, of the, one of the few bands that people are still picking up on. Yeah, well, I mean, I suppose, I think even, now that you say it, probably the recorded stuff that they have, represent them better than maybe the recordings that other bands did at the same time yeah. with the exception of maybe uh, Wormhole's first record okay. which I think really also gave a pretty good record of what they were like as a band live. And they were another great band live back then um, but I think a lot of the recordings that people produced just tended to be a bit kind of scrappy you know? so I think if kids are finding those bad if they did now it's because the document is worth listening yeah, to. Yeah, I was talking to somebody earlier about this. Uh, 20 years ago, you, you got into the songs at the gigs and then you heard their live their recordings and you were kind of disappointed. Because these days, you get into the recorded stuff first and it's so well done. But I think that's and then you see them live and it's like, oh, right. Yeah, but I think that's going to change. You know, I think, I mean, I think, well, live music is really much more important than it's been for a long time now. You know, I mean, particularly for bands who are starting out and, I mean, even also for successful acts, you know, I mean, I think live music is where you make a living now as an artist. So, uh, uh, people have to put a lot more attention and energy and thought into it. You know? Right. Well, and, hopefully, I'll, I'll look forward and to I mean, that. everyone can make recordings that just sound exactly the same now. So, yeah, 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 know, yeah. So there's really not much interest in, in hearing them unless they've been given a bit of thought. But, uh, okay, well, uh, uh, speaking about recordings, you're still working away and stuff, yeah? I'm trying to finish an album at the moment, yeah. It's, right. Uh, it's very nearly finished. I think this, uh, this month, January, it's going to be done. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's going to be okay. finished in January. So. Excellent. And then uh, it'll be out, I guess, in the summer in the late.
blame, say, for the night, it would be you, yeah? Correct. This is Pat. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah me. So, uh, like, why? What, what happened? What um, this happen? well, I kind of saw the whole thing happen no, well, online. I think, yeah, um, Brian Goff, um, I have pints coming. Uh, yeah. Brian Goff, uh, who used to be a Mexican pet, um, Facebooked me and, and put up a, a, a post saying that nobody's working title for Mexican pets. He's 20 years old. So I said, well, well, why don't we... He said it was, this, I think, September. And I said, well, why don't we do something for it to mark the anniversary? And I said, rather than just do something... Because Mexican pets, as you know... Um, hadn't been gone for a long time sure. and Derek who was the bass player passed away so I suppose in a way um, even though there were various different members of Mexican Pets we didn't we, you know we were never really going to be getting back together or anything um, we uh, played once in between as in sort of memory to Derek and till then I hadn't really thought about it but when Brian mentioned it recently I just thought you know what a, what a great night it would be just to get everybody back together and yeah, to yeah, see yeah. some old faces because I live in Donegal I hadn't seen people for 10-15 years so I thought it would be a bit of a crack to get people together in a room just literally with a DJ maybe and do something and then we mooted the idea about having some bands and getting things together a few other people have joined in and actually some people couldn't make it tonight who joined in very early on such as Aidan Goodman and Ollie Cole and uh, it just became um, this and uh, John Brereton kindly said um, would you like to have the Grand Social Club so we said yeah and we thought of it for a charity so we just did it that way and um, we literally did it through the dreaded Facebook it went from let's get together for a pint to suddenly yeah. it was getting sort of reported yeah it was, and getting, it was like, I shared was, yeah yeah, yeah. We recorded no, Nobody's Working Title, I think, somewhere in August, would that be right, to, of 94? In, uh, where was it done? Sonic? Yeah. yeah. With Al, who apparently I, I texted yesterday to say to come along, and he says, well, I'm actually recording Female Hercules today. No way. Today. Like, Nothing changes. That's it. Well, that, yeah. well, obviously, Ronald isn't with yeah. him anymore, for obvious sad reasons, but I think it's great that Pat, that Pat has stepped in. Um, to fellas place because they were both great friends and the Herks are just great rock and rollers and quintessential learnt everything I need to know off of, about debauchery off them so yeah yeah you play earlier on with female Hercules yeah uh, correct yes so uh, would, I be, would, I be, would I be correct in saying that female Hercules are one of the only bands that were functioning then and then and, and still functioning now uh, always on the you know sort of borderline between function and non-function <laughs> sure. then and now <laughs> but always ready to play at a function of any kind <laughs> <laughs> weddings bar mitzvahs <laughs> right so now uh, suggest the song that I'm gonna I can I can slot into the show right now from the <laughs> from the year let's say yeah I, I, I mean I, to, do you know can I just say a song that I really love from that period is uh, a song called Westlink by A-Tone. It's and already been could... suggested. Has it? Yeah. I'm not surprised. That's okay. It's a cracker. Uh, do I have to come up with a, a different one then? Not necessarily. <laughs>
something I said that made you want someone else instead I was biding the time, waiting till you'd be His songs are deadly, aren't they? Oh, yeah. Um, I collect about the idiots. Do you know what made so me think about how great the songs were with Brian? Was the fact that um, he played the, his idiot song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, well, let's say acoustically, but just himself. And how great a song it is. Without all of the... Without all of the, the, the band. Same with Gary. I had to say, yeah, amazing. Yeah, it's amazing, yeah. I, like, I just thought how, how incredible the songs are, were. The songwriting, actually. Which I think went under uh, nourished the fact that we were songwriters, you know. That, yeah, that, that was really all. They're only good songs. They were. They were great songs. <laughs> Okay, so that was uh, my recording from the Grand Social the other night, chopped up and put together. Um, okay, so we got 10 minutes left, so here's something that came out in the... Uh, let me see, the Arse end of the 90s, 1998, and it is from Joan of Ars from the album Lost at the Sea. Uh, here's You'll Always Find Me in the Toilet at Parties. Station coming 
Okay, Joan of Arts there, uh, you'll always find me in the toilet at parties from the 1998 album Lost at Sea. Okay, so this show is a bit of an experiment, uh, I don't know, it kind of worked out, might start bringing the phone to more gigs and just grabbing people and talking to them about anything, whatever. So, uh, thanks for listening to All Best Freaks Are Here, thanks again as ever for supporting Radioactive International, listen to it more often, there's plenty of good shows on here. I'm going to finish with Sunbear. This is from their album, which was, uh, what we see, probably 94, maybe 93. Uh, here's Resin. And uh, that's it. Back to talking next week. Bye.
Take a too fast If I don't slow down I'm 